This is Konzenshu, the podcast episode 454 for the week of September 16th, 2018. Welcome back to Konzenshu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Konzenshu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Joining me over there, it's Mary. Hello. Hi. I believe you at one time ran a website. I did. Uh, written here, it says Temple of Trunks. Celebrating 20 years of being on the interwebs. Maybe not active on the interwebs, but being on the interwebs 20 years 20 years wiser 20 years just as flamboyantly exuberant over a certain purple hair wonder boy you had your moment yesterday I did you i actually did i did two moments that's mary uh i am mike vegito ex is going to be the two of us chatting out a little thing uh one more person is going to join briefly uh you'll go away and then jake herms is going to join me to talk about something uh let's talk about what's going on this episode mary you and i went to the movies yesterday going to the movies had a little date watch a little movie you may have heard of it it stars a guy. Yeah, we went and we saw a dubbed movie eight in theaters. Not a thing I ever thought would happen. And and I knew it had to happen when it was just a harmless Saturday, I guess, late morning. And, yeah. and we're just each doing our own thing. I'm up on the computer. You're downstairs doing something. And like, hey, Mary, well, I go see movie eight in theaters. And I laugh. <laughs> I'm like, what? And I realize that you're being serious. And yeah. I'm like, well, if you're Okay, clearly you're not joking, which means, yes, we need to go do this. It's one of those things where I'm like, please say no. Please say you no. You wanted me to say no? <laughs> I wanted an excuse not to go, but I knew I had to. I mentioned this last uh, week on the show where we knew the screening was coming. I, I knew it was coming, but I kind of forgot the exact date. And then the 15th rolled around. I'm like, oh, no, I missed that. I'm not going to be able to get to. Oh, man, like three quarters of the seats are still available. All right, I really have no excuses And the movie point. theater that's playing it is... 10 minutes away. Yeah, yeah. Basically. So we did that. We're going to talk uh, a little bit of our experience there. And then uh, actually before that, Jake is going to join me to chat about uh, a certain character in Dragon Ball Super. Uh, he's, uh, he's, at the, he's at the top of the charts. Oh, it's not Broly. Right now, no, it's not Broly. Uh, we're going to talk about Topo, uh, his name, but uh, you know the way we do things here at Konsenshu, you're going to get a Japanese language history lesson in the process of just trying to arrive at one character's name. Uh, successfully, unsuccessfully, you be the judge of that. Uh, and that's what's on tap for this here episode of our podcast. So uh, actually, why don't we just get into that yeah, right now? kind of already uh, did. Jake and I are going to talk about Topo and then and Mary, you'll join me on the flip side and we'll talk about some dubbing Broly stuff. And that's our episode. So let's jump to our Topo discussion right now. Joining me for a little, I guess you could call it news, uh, naming check-in. Uh, Jake, it's the Herms Meister himself. Hello, sir. Hello. Uh, how's Hawaii treating you right now? It's, it's been kind of rough over there. Yeah, it's been a little rainy, but, um, I mean, haven't had major problems on this island. All right, good. Some <laughs> of the others. I think about you every time I see the news, like, oh, there's another storm coming. Jeez. All right. Uh, you and I, I, I want to check in real briefly on a name. Uh, believe it or not, I mean, actually, so you texted me, was it like yesterday, you had a, a topic you wanted to do about Funimation's English dub, something very specific. I'm like, what? Really? Oh, yeah. I, all right. I, that's actually a topic. We should do that. We're going to hold on to that. 
Uh, and then I asked you to do something that is kind of sparked by Funimation's English dub. Uh, the dub has reached the Universe Survival arc. We're into exhibition match stuff there in uh, the pre-tournament of power. And uh, a certain character has appeared uh, and has been named and has been named something that uh, I, I honestly don't think anyone was expecting this simply because we're in such a weird era of ignoring fan subs and ignoring consensu name spelling sometimes. Uh, Things like Dokkan Battle, things like Dragon Ball Legends, things like Xenoverse 2, international releases of things, uh, the simulcast subs. Name spellings are, uh, man, they're as standardized and as loose as they've ever been before, it seems, these days. Uh, So Funimation's English dub, uh, the big old character blocked a blast and his name's Top. Uh, Jake, real briefly, the Universe 11 characters that we end up seeing later in the series, uh, what is the name pun scheme for them? Because they have a sort of kitchen implements theme going, and so the character in question, Topo or Top, it's from Pot, and Jiren is from Range, as in a stove, and oven, like a kitchen range. Yeah, yeah, the oven range, yep, yep. And then um, Dispo from Garbage Disposal. Mm-hmm. Casserole from Casserole. I, I just said oven. Isn't there actually a character who's oven rearranged as well? Yeah, I think it's the blue one. Or no, I think it's Agumon, who is the, the lizard, orange lizard guy who is oven. I don't know. It's one of them. This hasn't been officially confirmed. Like, I don't think any official sources, like, flat out said like oh this is where their names are from but it seems to fit it all it fits pretty well you know nothing else really makes any sense unlike some other characters who are like this is our best guess uh when there are consistent themes that gives us uh kind of a, a better idea of where to look for certain names rather than one-offs when there's you know five or six of them together it's a little easier all right so maybe you can break this down for me uh let's actually skip back a little bit because this is the common example i see it's like hey you you don't call him Hitto. No, of course we don't call him Hitto. His name is Hit. Uh, why, ignoring Topo for a second, why is Hit's name Hit and not Hitto? So the thing with Japanese is that it has a fairly limited range of syllables in the language. Yeah. So whenever they're trying to adapt a foreign word into their language, they have to basically do the best they can. And so one of the the phenomenons this gives rise to is what you might call dropped syllables, where so in Japanese, in their hiragana and katakana alphabets, there's no single letter for like just a K or a T or any of those consonants. Rather, they have, um, they instead have a letter for ka or ki, etc, etc. Yep. Okay, so when they're trying to adapt an English word into their language that ends in a consonant, then they essentially have to just pick one of these letters to represent that, uh, that stop. Yeah. And so what they do with most of the consonants is that the K sound will be that drop syllable. And so like, for instance, with black, like Goku black, when you write the English word black into Japanese, the way they write it, if you directly uh, transliterate that back to English using the Hepburn romanization system, it's actually B-U-R-A-K-K-U. So you see twice over that there's a a U after the first B and then a U at the end. Right. From the perspective of the English word black, they're just extraneous. They're only there because the Japanese language doesn't allow you to just write out B-L-A-C-K. Right. And I guess the, the odd thing there is, all right, why is there a doubled K sound? 
And well, the doubled K in this case, well, partially it's to adapt the CK. Mm. CK sure. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. KKU in Japanese. <laughs> so maybe this is the bad choice, but it still works. Yeah. And then we see also, of course, there are characters like Zamas, who is based on his name also ends in a U, but because his name is derives from a Japanese word, when we're writing this in English, I mean, we choose to keep the U at the end. Uh, I believe, yeah, the Viz manga, they drop it. It's kind of a, it's a more gray area. But on the other hand, like a, an actual Japanese person's name, like, uh, say uh, voice actress Mayumi Tanaka M-A-U-M-I nobody drops the U out of her name because it's from Japanese and that's just the sure, sure. standard way of representing native Japanese names in English well I think we're at a, a good comparison point there so we had something like braku. it's just an approximation of the English word black and we just we know what that is but then you got into something like Zamasu uh, there's an example right there where ignore Kanzenshu entirely the official American licensees have decided to go separate ways with their spellings there. Funimation's English dub uses the, the U at the end, whereas Viz's English translation of the manga drops the U at the end. So <laughs> you can't even pin this one on Consentio. It's the official companies there that uh, decide to go different ways with it there. So let's continue then. Uh, the character Hit, uh, I think that kind of pulls in some of what we were talking about, where uh, they're approximating an English word, right? Yeah, and so this is where it gets a little tricky because, like I was saying, with most of the consonant sounds, it's the U sound that is used to, for a drop syllable. But then this kind of breaks down with the T's because there's they don't have a straight up T-U sound in Japanese. Uh. Rather, they, they have T-S-U, that kind of T sound. And so... And so instead, what they use for the drop syllable when it comes to T and D sounds is T-O or D-O. So right, the big example right in the title of the series, Dragon Ball, English word dragon is rendered in Japanese literally as D-O-R-A-G-O-N. As an extension of that, you have a Kakarot with Goku's name where the R-O-T-T-O sound is used to approximate the R-O-T sound in English. Mm-hmm. And... This carries over to a lot of words that are a lot of three letter words in English that end in T. When they're rendered in Japanese, they approximate that sound with the doubled consonant. Double so even T. Though, like, yeah. Yeah. So even though in English it's like like bat, B-A-T, but then in Japanese it's B-A-T-T-O. Bato. Got it. And so hit is a perfect example of that. So his name comes from the English word hit. As in like a hitman. Yeah, so that's why hito, it's not, you know, it's kind of pointless to write it as H-I-T-T-O because we know that this comes from the English word hit and there's no real reason to keep that extra two letters on the end when uh, writing this guy's name, when yeah. rendering this name back in English. That's one of those things where uh, we talk a lot about with our name spellings. We're doing, we're looking at a spelling, we're looking at a pun source, and we're looking at preserving some kind of pronunciation where appropriate. And a name like Hit, uh, it's not appropriate to keep those extraneous syllables. That was just their concession of like even roughly getting there. Yeah, and of course, the the big way that this trips us up with the series is with Kakarot uh, fusing with Vegeta into Vegito. Sure. Where it's like, it makes sense to, you know, is it, with Kakarot, it's a pun on carrot. It makes sense to end that with just a T instead of TTO. But then it it looks really strange when Kakarot and Vegeta fuse into Vegeta. Yeah, you know, I actually have uh, an article, at least one, in the press archive where that was an accepted name spelling for Vegito early on. V-E-G-E-T or double T at the end. It's like, that's what they're doing there. But yeah, you you definitely lose something there. And Viz, again, made a concession. And it was, it was an intent adaptation, which is certainly one way of doing it. Yeah, I mean, it, it may, if, he, if he was just a guy named Vegito with no... Uh, connection to previous character names it would make perfect sense to adapt it that as just v e g 
V-E-E-T. Yeah. But then it, it looks strange, like, when you consider it as a combination of Vegeta and Kakarot, it looks like you just took a letter off Vegeta's name. Yeah, it looks like you forgot who a character is, forgot how to spell a name. You know, one thing that uh, comes to mind, just in light of actually Movie 8 right now, I was thinking back to uh, when Steve Steve Simmons did the uh, the original translation for Funimation's DVD. I believe there's uh, one instance in particular in the movie where Broly goes, not just Kakaroto, he goes, Kakaroto! Oh, like he uh, almost pauses for a second on that hard uh, consonant sound. And I believe the way that Steve handled that, because you have such a disconnect between what you're you're seeing in the, the subtitles and, and hearing from the dialogue. I think he did like a hyphen O at the end of just that one in particular. It's like, what do you do with something like that? It, it's tough. All right. So now let's jump further ahead. Uh, we've explained Double consonant sounds, dropped vowel sounds, concessions, uh, adaptations of names. So walk me through uh, Topo. First of all, why do you think in general folks just kept the name, ourselves included, Ekon Zenshu, uh, as is? Yeah, so this is the kind of weird thing that the um, name does. So this, the English word pot, so there's a pun on pot. The English word pot is rendered in Japanese P-O-T-T-O. So this is, again, another example of using TTO to render what in English English is just a single T. Yeah. And so, but then the name Topo takes that and makes, it's an anagram, so it switches it around so that now the T becomes T-O-P-P-O. So the O that was extraneous in the word pot is now actually in the middle of the word. Yeah. In the middle of the name Topo. Yeah, even though the O is in the right place, it's actually the wrong extraneous one. Yeah, it's... It's a very it's a very weird thing to explain in audio if you don't to people who aren't necessarily familiar with Japanese writing system but take my word it makes sense when you see it all written out and so this does mean that like if you were to very literally um render this type of anagram into English what you would actually get is like TPO yeah because yeah the extract the drop syllables in the middle of the thing and then the actual um, original O from the middle of the word pot is at the end. So yeah. Uh, just- is is Raccoon's name a, a similar example to this of where the wrong syllables are when you try to adapt to Peck? Yeah, like quote unquote wrong. But yeah, yeah so Raccoon from Cream, that's the drop syllable between the K and the R sound, yeah. which when you rearrange his name, it it's, uh, comes in the middle of his name now and it's extended as well, becomes an extended vowel sound. Mm which is also never used for drop syllables, kind of by definition. Right. Well, and that's what makes it more of a pun than just the word as is, or even just the anagram as is. Yeah, so it's a kind of weird thing where the middle, the whole recoom, the coom is, doesn't <laughs> yeah, that's exist the nothing. in the word cream at all. And I believe, doesn't uh, Steve Simmons subtitles, doesn't he like capital? He, he might capitalize the C, yeah, yeah. Or did at one yeah, point, just, yeah. Yeah, just to kind of help emphasize that. But yeah, if you were to try and like render if you're trying to be like super super exact then when you're writing his name you might want to do like r e a c apostrophe m and i've certainly seen that and people you know when you're not used to it and when you're not really trying to give it some critical thought you're taken aback by that but think about it from you know in a void not having any kind of licensed version of the series available if you're trying to preserve these pronunciations and you know they're all dairy products you look at it and go what do I do with this? So this is why um, comparing Topo directly to Hito, it might is it seems logical if you kind of sort of know a few things about how this romanization thing works with Japanese. But yeah, but, case, but like you said, right off the bat, it's an anagram rather than just the word as is. So that yeah, that's so, the initial complication. And then complication two is that P, like I was saying before, uh, for 
the drop syllable for P sounds is P-U and not P-O. It, mm. o, o is only used for drop syllables with T or D sounds. And so that's why if you're writing the English word top in Japanese, it would be T-O-P-P-U rather than T O P P O. Gotcha. So yeah, like in English, you can take pot and just rearrange it into top, but you can't do that with uh, the like pot potu potto rearrange into. All right, so the so the character's name is actually an anagram of a vowel change. Something like that. All right. <laughs> but anyway, so this is this is the reason why when the character was introduced like me and like fandom at large and also the uh, Toei subtitles on Crunchyroll and the Viz manga. Like all, that's why all these people, like they didn't just, that's why they kept it as T-O-P-P-O for the character's name. They didn't just automatically slice it off, slice off the P-O the same way we did with Hit. Mm. There is, so there is undeniably a difference between Hit and uh, topo like that's just linguistically it's there they're not they might seem similar but they are not equivalent cases okay but that still that still leaves the question of it was this a bad choice on Funimation's part to just go with top for the character and that's a more murky area yeah because it does like so top is not a direct romanization of topo the same way that hit is of hito, but it still does work to make the pun obvious to an English audience who wouldn't necessarily understand like where the extra PO is coming from. Because like I said, that only the extra PO at the end only makes sense in the context of the Japanese katakana alphabet. Got it. Mostly. <laughs> so what's your opinion? Um, I think we're going to stick with Topo, I, I, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no reason like it's perfectly valid to use topo and it's i wouldn't say it's invalid to use top i think it's slightly less ideal but i think they're well within their rights to go with that option but at the same time there's no reason it should affect us like oh for topo sure is a, yeah topo is perfectly valid it was valid from day one it's still valid no matter what Funimation has done like there's no reason for us to change but at the same time if people who do follow the dub they're like well i guess i'll just use to- top <laughs> I mean that you know that's their right too. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to criticize anyone or for going with this. So like I think it again, it's a fuzzier area because it's they are it is Funimation trying to make an actual legitimate effort to make the uh, source behind these names clear to an English audience. Right, as opposed to some other things where we just have flat out name changes entirely or mostly name changes like PyCon uh, only vaguely resembles Paikuhan and doesn't make any attempt to uh, convey the pun. So in, in that sense, uh, changing Topo to Top is kind of like with what Viz did with changing Vegito to Vegerot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think Funimation will do anything else with uh, any other names in particular? Uh, what would be your call for what you see them doing with uh, the character that seems to, in all likelihood, be based on Vermouth? Yeah, that's the other thing is, um, so, so far the Toei subtitles and then the Viz manga have both gone with Belmod for that character, which is again, a thing where it's like, well, that's a legitimate way of transcribing that name into English. But since we know his name comes from Vermouth, it would be closer to the name pun to do like Vermod. Yeah. This obviously shows that they're willing to just break with, uh, what's been established with the, uh, Crunchyroll subtitles and the Viz manga. Yeah. And also, like, other, like, random cards. And there's been a lot of, ex- of like, secondary merchandise that has also been using spellings. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, it's so different today than it was just when, 
like Z was coming out in America, you, you can't even compare the situations anymore. The the amount of uh, simultaneous merchandise is crazy. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. At this point, this makes it wouldn't surprise me if they did something unusual. Well, not unusual, but if they uh, tried to be more faithful with uh, the Belmod Vermod pun. Yeah. Yeah. And at the, on the other hand, I. I, I did joke yesterday, like, oh, maybe they're going to spell Jiren, G-E-R-A-N, to make it the range pun more obvious. That'd be but, valid, for sure. Yeah. God, was it earlier this year? Like, whenever they had the big special, episode 109 and 110 of Super. Yeah. Yeah, that was last October. But yeah, so, the, you know, they did the kind of simulcast. Funimation did a kind yeah, of- Yeah, a little party thing. Yeah, and for that, they spelt it J-A-R-E-N. So it would be, you know, they've already set that precedent for themselves within their own- uh, material. So, I mean, it's not impossible, but that based on that, I would assume they're just going to stick with J A R E N. J A R E N or J I R E N. Right, right. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I don't remember seeing it exactly like that. Yeah, Topo seems like such a, a main character. Maybe they hadn't super referenced him that much compared to Jiren, but I don't know. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I, I think it's, I, I just want to use this as a great example of. You know, ignore us. Ignore what Consensu is doing. Look at the actual companies and see how they're having the exact same conversations and frustrations. And how do we adapt this name? What's the best way to adapt this name? What's the most search engine friendly way of adapting this name? Which is certainly something that was brought up. Uh, Sabat mentioned that with Beerus in particular, uh, a name spelling we had been using previously. And they ended up agreeing with using something like that. And he cited, you know, you search for beers online and you're going to get beer. Uh, you search for beer us. That's going to be the Dragon Ball character. Uh, it seems like it's the exact opposite here. Topo is undeniably going to be the Dragon Ball character. Good luck searching for top on Google. Yeah, that's kind of, it seems like they've, they're using different logic than they did with Beerus, which I mean, it, it's not necessarily wrong. I mean, like, obviously it, it would have also been uh, Google friendly if they had spelled Piccolo with a Y or something. But sure. I'm glad they didn't do that back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of, you do kind of have to take it on more case by case basis rather than coming up with overarching rules to apply in every single context. Right. It's uh, it's an art and <laughs> not a science, but it's also a science and uh, all of the rules fall flat on themselves. As you continue doing this kind of stuff. Uh, anything else? I feel like that kind of clears it up, I suppose. Yeah, I think that should be everything. Well, uh, thank you much, Jake. Uh, at this point, we shall return people to their regularly scheduled rest of the Consensu podcast. Talk to you next time. Mary, welcome back. Oh, what a journey it's been. All right. So I just want... It's Consensu. You know what you're here for. You know what you're in for. So <laughs> you are in for such authoritative discussion on the dub English language version of this property. That was sarcasm, people. We are not authorities. We're not. We don't live it and breathe it every day. Uh, I'm acting. Uh, I'm a character. Uh, uh. Do, do you feel better now, Mike? Oh, I feel, do you feel, do you feel better? better? Slightly, slightly That was very better. juvenile. It really, I, I really say, was. You know what? Every, this is not 1999. Every decade or so, I got to get one in, though. Right? I don't know. I'm allowed something. Give me something oh, here. Okay, fine. Please, please. Back. Reel it back in. <sighs> All right, Reel so back in. as we mentioned last week on the show, the movie 8 script is widely regarded as... Hey, they, they like tried for a little bit here. That was the biggest thing I took away from it, not knowing how the movies have been treated in English. 
Yeah. Other than the first three. So even within like the right. first couple minutes, I was like, whoa, I remember these lines. Holy free moly. I mean, they're hitting all the big points. My hobbies are reading and sports. sports. And you get that and you're kind of good to go. Yeah. That it, set me in the good mood too. It, it felt a little looser as the movie went on. We started getting to things when characters were running away off screen or turning away off screen. I'm like, nah, there's no dialogue there. I, you know, I see what you're doing. The typical kind of punch up kind of things. And then uh, I've, I've never seen this movie dubbed in my life. So this is effectively brand new to me. Uh, but I was shocked that if you're going to get reading in sports, right, you're not going to nail. I'm not a monster. I'm the devil. Like they, they kind of, as you mentioned, as we were leaving, I'm like, did they miss Did I like sleep through that line? And you said, well, you did the, the freak kind of mention, which is an approximation sort of, mm-hmm. I mean, it gets, I think if you get the rhythm and the intent of that line. Yeah, but that's like, that's an iconic line from that movie. I feel like that solidifies Broly. Mm-hmm. Would you have accepted monster? Yeah, I'm not. Well, I'm not a blank. I'm a blank. Uh, I really feel like you need to say I'm the devil or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, The language was on par for that. The rest of the movie, they easily could have thrown that in there. Uh, in general. So, I mean, this was a dub from... What, what was this? I, I guess there's a website that could tell me when this came out. Consonshoot.com. So this was a dub from 2003. So it, 15 years old. Can't judge it in 2018. I went uh, into it wanting to be very lenient on it because I'm just so sick of, I'll put it this way. I know it's not going to be as good as the Japanese version. Yeah. So why not just enjoy it for what it is? Because it's easier to just go in and have a good time because I'm paying money to go see Dragon Ball in a movie theater yeah. with awesome audio and awesome visuals and the, the English that's just a byproduct. I don't need it to know what the story is. Yeah, I think that's fair. Again, it's a product that's existed for 15 years. They, they didn't redo it. It's that dub. You know what you're getting into at that point. Let's talk about the things that were redone, like the audio quality of the background music and the visuals. Yes. So this was absolutely the new remaster that uh, recently hit streaming services in Japan and will hit Blu-ray later this year uh, in Japan and seemingly international. If if they're using this for uh, you know Fathom events screening here in America, I have to imagine Funimation is going to get the rights to this video footage. Mm-hmm. Certainly explains why they haven't done any more repackagings of their own Blu-ray remasters of the movies. Uh, and even when they did a repackaging of those masters, they only did the DVD repackaging of those. That was a few years ago mm-hmm. at this point. So I feel like the movies are in a good place where we're not oversaturated with Funimation movie releases, which is good because it looked absolutely beautiful. Interesting on, choice of words, too. On a good screen, not not a huge screen, not an amazing screen, which I think was right for this because it's not like we're looking at some 70 millimeter film print. We're just looking at Dragon Ball movies on film. Uh, I thought it looked great on that screen. I love just seeing every line yeah. painted onto cells. Yeah. All up in my face. It, it was even all the cracks nice. and, and all the defects and all like it's even the colors like I thought it looked wonderful. The colors seem like the most accurate to what I mm-hmm. assume these movies are intended to look like. Yeah. Uh, so that was good. Uh, it did have the original Japanese score, which is another that helped. It got me into lot. the theater. I love the movie eight soundtrack. Like I'm tapping along to every piece of background music. I love the score to this movie. We are like quasi singing along and humming along and <laughs> I don't care who. I annoyed, but I'm singing along to Chala Head Chala. And we were singing the ending Burning theme fight song. at the end there. Yeah, it's good. So so it sounded good. It looked good. It was very helpful. Uh, we got the 
almost right as the movie was starting, but they were clearly doing some You're doing uh, like promo trivia stuff. and promos in the meantime. And they were using Japanese clips, uh, Crunchyroll-sponsored stuff, which was awesome to be in the theater and hear Masako Nozawa. And actually, the film started with this film's respective preview. I was not expecting that. That was great. And then I'm like, are they just going to play it subbed? Will they just play the and movie And then subbed? at that point, I was expecting people to like get up and leave the room, <laughs> to be honest. Uh Really sad that the that initial preview trailer was wrong squished. aspect ratio. Yeah, it, it was, was so jarring. I'm like, oh god, are they going to play the entire movie in the wrong aspect ratio? But no, then uh, Puss in Boots came out in the correct aspect ratio, and we we went from there. I didn't know the mascot had a name. It's Puss in Boots. It was one of the first Toei. Did. I thought it was just a random cat with a hat. I learned something new. Thank you, Mister Trivia. Toei Puss in Boots, the wonderful world of Puss in Boots, 1969. Toei, cute. There you go. Anything else to say? Oh, your Trunks yes. moments. <laughs> oh, no, that wasn't what I was going to say, but actually, right. yeah. No, just um, Trunks is just gorgeous in this movie. Long hair, the right. jacket. So. so seeing it on a big screen, crisp and clear, the scene where they're at the picnic and singing karaoke, and just that look of bewilderment on his face when in singing and he's just like is this considered good no one i wanted to mention i wanted to re-listen to it too uh so apparently in march 2014 so a little over four years ago you and i randomly decided to watch movie eight and did a mini review of it on the podcast really i'd be very curious to see what we said i, I totally forgot to re-listen to it before we might, have to, this. we might have to do a, a record scratch post insertion Thingy. Nah, I don't want to take the extra time to listen to it. Uh, one thing I'm curious if we addressed, uh, just, just a couple real quick things about the movie itself. One is, so movie eight is when Tadayoshi Yamamoto took over from Minoru Maeda in terms of animation supervision for the theatrical films. So this is like Yamamoto full go. And of course, we've got Koyama the whole time directing the story here. There, overall, I think the movie looks great. You're talking about the the line work is fantastic. Everything's right colors. Some really interesting angles, cool too, landscapes, I think. angles. Uh, some really strange things with Broly and his colors and his power. There are a couple times though when Broly's on screen where I feel like his face is squished. He has a very narrow. It face. gets narrower as the movie goes on. And it's super weird. And I guess maybe his neck's just getting. <laughs> Oh, no. I've always, well, I've always felt it. that way too. Always noticed it, but having it on this giant screen in front of me just made it even worse. Uh, the ending to this movie gets worse every time I watch it. Yeah, because it's nonsensical. I mean, no, I get, I get giving power to Goku. That makes sense. But you're talking about the literal, and then the spaceship it, it's appears just, out it's of the nowhere. Punch to the gut and then he just like turns a little bit and then he just kind of up and explodes it's like all of those pieces sound like they could work but there's something about it in motion in this particular way at that exact time this is very abrupt it's so abrupt it's so anticlimactic it just felt like oh god we got we gotta end the movie we, yeah. we gotta stop right now i think in this case it's about the journey but everyone, everyone getting slaughtered. Yeah. Everyone getting pummeled. There's some good hits in this movie. There are. Um, I guess let's briefly talk about the audience interaction. We, yes. We had a, a fairly good audience. Uh, I've seen other people talk about as much as I love Scott and I love Team Four Star. Uh, the, the memes that transition over into general fandom popular culture can, can be a bit much at times. That's not their fault. Uh, I, I, am I blaming the fandom? I guess I'm blaming the fandom. We didn't have that problem, which was very good. Wait, what are you are you saying? Like during screenings, people were quoting Team Four Star or abridged Broly Movie Eight in particular, oh. that kind of thing. 
Hmm. Like that sucks. Well, that we sucks. had we had something sucky happen that had nothing to do with fandom, and that was someone fell asleep nearby us and was snoring, and I found it really distracting. <laughs> I was like, "You come to the movies and then you sleep through it." I mean, I get Broly's dumb, but Look, come on. If I made it through Dumb Broly. I think you can make it through Dumb Broly. Uh, the, the I mean, for us, it was just we had some some cheers. Uh, My Piccolo, favorite part was Piccolo when always gets it. Piccolo always gets the cheers, and that just gets me in the heart every single time. It's just heartwarming. Yeah. It's like, I don't care who your actual favorite character is. I love seeing a room full of people come together during the cheesy and heroic Piccolo moments. Coming. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. It's, like, it's not like we don't see that turban and, and, that, and the weighted gear. We all know who's under that cave. And you get a couple of those like, Piccolo, Piccolo, Piccolo. Piccolo. <laughs> and then like the slow clap, kind of sarcastic. No, the slow clap came when Vegeta decided to get back into the fight. And it was just like. Yeah, Vegeta. <laughs> like that actually really helped. And it wasn't too much. It was appropriate. It was an appropriate communal viewing experience there. And I think there's also this shared collective, not disbelief, What what's the word for exasperated yeah. frustration at how much of a whiny bitch Vegeta is in this movie. But that's why I like Vegeta in this movie, because he's like already so deflated before things even really have a chance to get going. But yeah. to see that like really transition to the audience getting frustrated, like sharing Piccolo's frustration with Vegeta is just really fun even though we've all seen this movie before we know it's happening but it's just being in a live environment and experiencing it for sure oh yeah and then and then trunks's jacket popping off that's cool and then he has less and less clothes as the movie goes on well everyone does yeah everyone's shirtless at the end of the movie we got some cards. They gave us some Broly cards. Broly. Uh, our theater didn't have any posters or cardboard I know, standees I was so, or anything. I was ready for pictures. I was going to go One time I'm prepared. So... It was fun. It, it was worth doing. I am not going to go see Bardock and uh, Movie 12. Because we've we, seen Movie 12 We've before. seen Movie 12 dubbed in theaters before. Uh, contrary to what Funimation and Toei and... Uh, Fandango and Fathom will tell you they actually did screen Dragon Ball Z Movie 12 in theaters. Uh, we were already recording the podcast at that point. That's we, how long ago. We have the proof for it. Uh, and the Bardock, as we mentioned, the Bardock dub is uh, kind of really bad. And that's something Jake and I are going to talk about in the near future here on the podcast. Anything else it was worth doing the it one was. time? It was. It was just because you know you're not going to get stuck in like a huge time investment for your afternoon with a bunch of trailers and nonsense. Well, I mean, you also had a couple commercials, a, but they were relevant commercials. Set movie times. It's it's really helpful. Oh, I guess we can mention at the end. I was curious if they they were going to play a, a trailer for the for the new movie, but instead it was a thing about skateboards. Yeah. <laughs> what? This is the thing that you're going to play at the end of the movie. It felt like one of those filler things before the movie, but mm-hmm. they played it at the end. So. All right, so we did our due diligence. We went to see, in 2018, a Dragon Ball Z film dubbed uh, in theaters. It's cool. I've I've done my part. Uh, Mary, thank you for joining me here. Mm-hmm. It was good to talk about it while it's still relatively fresh in our heads. It was just yesterday. It was just yesterday, but, you know, today is yesterday, and tomorrow is... I messed up the quote. <laughs> <laughs> Too much time trying. Saw what you're doing and wanted to let you dig your own grave there. Um, <laughs> again, I say thank you. Uh, thanks to Jake. www.kanzenshuu.com. That is Kanzen Shoe. 
Podcast.com. This was episode 454 of our podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, again, that was Mary. That was Jake. My name is Mike. We also have a Julian and a Heath. We will see you next time. Thank you very much for joining us. Mary, take us out. This was Consent to the Podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye.